hi, this is Jonathan Tweed. I was the lead designer on third edition. I've worked on a bunch of other games like Ars Magica and Everway and Over the Edge. And you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Anthony Alippo to talk about the Level Up Advanced 5e's new Ranger class. In the news, more previews of the new Dungeons & Dragons source book, The Wilds Beyond the Witchlight. Paizo launches a new community content program amid controversy. Haunted West is releasing next week and more. Plus, our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about reinventing the circular locomotive assistance disc. This week on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Our sponsor this week is Chiselwicks, your friendly local poisoner's guild. We have a wide range of lethal toxins and venoms from creatures as varied as snakes, spiders, serpents, atacops, basilisks, giant scorpions, wyverns, etacaps, medusas, assassin bugs, green dragons, and even ghouls, ghasts, demons, and venomous mummies. All items sold for entertainment purposes only. Chiselwicks accepts no liability for any accidental murderings. Tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ has ever, it is a complete delight to be here. Hey Peter, I see you brought a guest with you. Yes, yes, it is the fantastically well-known and talented Anthony Olipio, all the way from VSR Incorporated. Mmm. Not TSR Incorporated. Not TSR. That's why I misheard it when he spoke before we started. Victor Sierra Romeo. This would be an entirely different conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's a V, not a T. That's that's pretty important. Anyway. So, Anthony, hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You are more than welcome. I cannot wait. One of the things that we're going to talk about later in the show is the Level Up Ranger, which I think is kind of one of the big... The big, really big ticket items of the entire game. So yeah. there was quite a lot of a lot of responsibility on your shoulders there with that one. I think. Um, I'm so, super oh, excited yeah. about it. I was, uh, I, I'm, it's one of my favorite classes uh, from way back, even, uh, and, mm. and I love it. It's I, I just hope I'm doing it justice. <laughs> you yeah. did. You did a fantastic job. But we'll get we'll get we'll get into that in a bit. Because oh yeah. Before mm. we do that, <sighs> we have yes? to talk about this week's. RPG news, and we've got good news and we've got bad news, and we got yeah. I don't know, I don't know where to start. Should we just get, oh. we get the bad news out of the way first? Let's do it, and then and then then it can only go up. True, things can only get better. Can, then we can end like on a it. high note. Yeah, so there we go. I like it. I so like let's it. start okay. with the with the Paizo thing that happened this week. Oh wow, yeah, damn, mm. that was a uh, oh cracky. Uh, yeah. Twitter kind of exploded a little bit, eh? Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what happened was, and uh, this was this was prompted um, when Sarah Marie, who was uh, Paizo's customer service community manager, mm-hmm. um, was let go from the company, mm-hmm. and then a Paizo customer service rep called Diego Valdez resigned in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this prompted or this triggered. Uh, Jessica Price, who's an ex Paizo oh. employee and also of other, you know, she's worked in yeah. various, various places. But, um, in this case, Paizo, 
um, wrote a long, and I when I say long, I mean very long Twitter thread. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A couple of thousand pretty, words. Pretty much eviscerating yeah. the company for a whole host of things. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I mean, the, the sheer number of things is too many that we could even get into here. But yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so then. You know, Twitter kind of exploded or imploded, yes. one of those two things. Um, well, possibly both at the same time. It depends what you're looking at. Yeah. yeah. And there have been three apologies issued by Paizo. One by wow. Paizo's, Paizo itself. Okay. Which is a fairly boilerplate kind of non, non, sort of, you know, one of those. A, non, a non-apology. Corporate, yeah. corporate apology. I'm sorry. Okay. And then sorry. we got, we got individual ones from Eric Mona and Jason Bullman. Oh, okay. Right. Mm. The first, at least half of the Twitter thread was devoted to one topic, which is about getting a carpet cleaned. Yeah. yeah. Which was the, the, or the first third of it was, it took um, well, seven months to get a carpet cleaned and uh, employees who suffered from asthma were having hmm. um, breathing difficulties because of it. And management kind of didn't so much refuse to get it cleaned, but just kind of like did the runaround constantly. Yeah, um, and, that, that, that's a fairly common theme, like a uh, problem with the management. Although, in fairness, it's like the air, air ductwork leading into place was also emitting dust. I got to say that is that is not what you want your ductwork no, to be no. doing. No, 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 not. That's, no. that's a bad thing. Yeah. So um, apparently, it was beyond it was beyond the work of domestic cleaning work equipment to be able to deal with the uh, levels of muck that were there. So it does sound mm. like there was obviously yeah. some sort of problem, but I can. I can see that it would be uh, a bit of a stretch for people right, to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then, I mean, someone, I found a list here. Someone's kindly sort of put together a, a list of all of the allegations. Mm-hmm. And we're talking 11, 23, 24, 20, 25, uh, over 30 things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big, big, big list, and I don't think we can go into all of them. So how about if I just skim through it and just sort of call out some of the major points? Well, one of the things that wasn't really clear to me, I mean, Mm -hmm. because I I try to steer a little bit clear of, uh, you know, a lot of the in-depth, because I'm not there, I'm not one of the involved parties, Um, but Mm -hmm. with the the one person let go, what was was there an initiating factor for that that was that mm. came out in the in in the wash or yeah yeah I, I mean it does seem like to that that is like the thing that is I guess a bit of a mystery to me which is that all these other things to one side somebody was fired and somebody else felt strongly enough about yeah. it to quit yeah. and the one thing that I have seen repeated is that this person was very good with with the customers and working mm. in customer service. Role, that's oh. sort of what you want. So, don't well, the allegation, and I mean, I don't know yeah. how much we did it. So, the allegation is that mm. um, Sarah was fired for pushing back at abusive management. Mm. Mm. That's the allegation wait, wait, that, wait, that wait, Jessica yeah. Price has made. So, obviously, we we have, you know, we're not there. We can't possibly really know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. That's all. That's literally all we have to go on there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a problematic one, really. Um, and without really knowing what's going on, it's very hard to say what is going on. Mm. But if there's a history of management not treating their employees, that's what the list is about. It's just, Mm. this is not new or this is, you know, sort of a, a a pattern that we shouldn't just, you know, sweep under the rug. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are we got, we've got some things which are, so we've got things, 
directed at specific people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Eric Mona, mm-hmm. who's one of the um, chief people over at Paizo, apparently he's, well, not apparently, he's quite publicly on Facebook, um, uh, sort of interested in sort of Victorian occultism and stuff like that. Right, right. And that was uh, quite a lot of a problem because many of the signs and symbols associated with Victorian occultism mm. are also very strongly associated with white supremacy. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so the most, it, it does seem very tone deaf to publicly embrace and have such things up in your public office. Mm. Like, so are you are you familiar with theosophy? Mm. I, not at all. I'm um, not. I, 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 I trying to know God. It's like yeah. It's it's see. Uh, short short answer no. Long answer no. Not really. <laughs> <Hang on>. um, <laughs> well, well, apparently this is one of one of his main areas of interest. Yeah. And theosophy. Let me have a look. It's uh, religion mm-hmm. established in the United States during the late. No- I'm looking at Wikipedia here. Established yes. in the United States during the late 19th century. Mm-hmm. Founded primarily by the Russian immigrant Helena Blavatsky and draws oh, its Friday. teaching predominantly from Blavatsky's writings. Right, so the name Blavatsky I am more familiar with, right. and I would have her in the same box as people like Eric von Daniken, real chariots of the gods stuff, like uh, the sort of people who go around saying things like, oh, the pyramids couldn't possibly be made by people, had to be aliens, mm. which right. leads to a series of like unsavory uh, explanations and so forth based on the assumptions that would have to go into such thing. Yeah. But yeah, like the NASCAR lines must be aliens and just like generally a denial of any sort of okay. agency yeah. or ability by people who aren't Europeans, <laughs> which is a bit shitty. So Eric Mona has, has said, you know, and, yes. and, he, and he said it in the past as well, um, that he, although he's interested in these topics, he doesn't yeah. believe in these topics or anything. It's, you know, it's an, it's yeah. like people who are interested in World War Two or something. It's yeah. Not like, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a sort of, intellectual interest of him. But the thing is, he had a painting on his office wall yes. uh, with a big portrait of St. Germain, who's a mm-hmm. religious figure in theosophy, and yeah. there was an iron cross on that painting. Yes. I'm not, which is uh, obviously associated with the World War Two German army. Mm-hmm. I personally wouldn't have thought it necessarily a Nazi symbol, but I mean, that might just be my ignorance showing. It's certainly associated with so the I wrong d- sort of people. I mm. did Google it, and there's variations on the Iron Cross, and some of them mm-hmm. are specifically mm. Nazi, and some are not. Okay. And some of them are still used today. If you look at, like, a, yes, a, yes. a German, you know, military aircraft, it will have it on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a different... But it's a symbol with uh, mixed connotations, I yeah, think we can yeah. safely say. Yeah. 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 So that, that, was, that was kind of Eric Mona. Um, there's... Mm. Who, Things, who has apologised? Is that right? Yeah, he had, he wrote a yeah. fairly lengthy apology, which I I think was fairly well written. Hmm. Okay, yes, I, I, mean, I haven't I was, seen that myself. So. I mean, it's not really for me to say. He's not apologising no. to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, it's but um, but, but, but it, it looks like an apology as opposed to a non-apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we got uh, allegations against Lisa Stevens about against Vic Wirtz. Uh, Jason Bullman, Jeff Alvarez, who's now currently running Paizo because Lisa and no. Vic have, um, you know, kind of semi-retired now. Retired. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but these are all, like, really senior top-level management. Yeah. So yeah. that is, yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. and Tonya Waldridge as well, who uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with Tonya, but um, she's something to do with the organised play program, I believe. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, well that anyway. So that happened. So mm. if we, if we could we could spend like three hours talking about all this, and there's so much mm. to talk about. Yeah. I don't think we need to really go into a massive yeah. amount of depth, do we? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a there's, there's a lot to be read online, and as I say. Like, it's hard to know where, which things are true and which things aren't true. But certainly it does seem like there is some sort of, I mean, at the very, very least, the most charitable thing you could say is that it does seem to be a massive communication breakdown and people are just not very happy. Mm. Um, and that, as I say, is the best case scenario. I mean, the actual truth of the matter, we, we, we don't know. We can't say. Yeah. 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 I mean, it all goes, mm. it all kind of points towards a working environment at Paizo, basically. Mm. I don't, best it could be, yeah. I don't know at all. Anyway, but you know, something to it's, keep an eye on. It is the news, and it is a thing that was said. Yes, so no. we kind of need to report on it. I guess <laughs> if people want to know more, they can they can look it up. Yeah, there's tons of information out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there we go. That was the bad news. We got it out of the way. We did it. It's yes. done. Oof, okay. <laughs> I'll wash our hands so, now. <laughs> <laughs> so we can stick with Paizo for the moment. So you know, DM's Guild. Yes. And Might all of the other community content programs that Drive Through RPG do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paizo has just launched or just announced that it's coming very, very soon their own version of it called uh, Pathfinder Infinite and Starfinder Infinite. Okay. Oh, interesting. So their um, own as branded as I can make it out. pages for yes. one, one bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. as far as I can make out, they're, they're pretty much exactly the same as DM's Guild. Like, right. same, same kind of terms, same kind of deal. You can use all of uh, right. Paizo's IP. You get the IP, but you get a smaller cut of the proceeds. Uh, 50, sort of 50% royalty cut. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much identical same, to DM's yeah. Guild as far as I can make out. I see, I see, yeah. All right. So that is launching, I think, in October. Yep. And you'll be able to use Galarian and all of the Starfinder locations mm-hmm. and characters and stick mm-hmm. those in your own products and sell mm-hmm. them on Pathfinder Infinite and Starfinder Infinite mm-hmm. drive through. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, c- c- certainly interesting. By yeah. identical, yeah. do you also mean that they are no longer, uh, or do they currently allow Pathfinder products to be on uh, drive through RPG or? They don't sell yeah. their own Pathfinder products on Drive-Thru RPG. No, no. But there's, there's, no way they, there's, yeah, there's no way oh. they can stop other people doing that. And I know yeah. I've got some on there, and there's, yeah, there's yeah. quite a big yeah. secondary uh, third-party so, market on there. Because they, they've got their own license, which lets people, third okay. parties create stuff for them, hmm. um, or like or with with certain parts of their property, and that would definitely still be on drive for RPGs. So mm. I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine that all the stuff that's currently on drive for RPG will rem- will be able to remain there. Right. Unless, of course, the authors want to take it over to Starfinder Infinite yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that's And the then case, if yeah. there is anything sort of IP restricted, then that would be available yes. on their... Yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. don't have a better license... Yeah. Or a license which would allow more creative use of the property that they could use on the main site, mm-hmm. I believe. Is that is that correct, Jensen? Yeah, well, so, so basically, you've already got access to the rules anyway through the yeah. OGL. Yeah. So you can publish yes. that and try through RPG or anywhere else you want, Kickstarter yeah. or whatever. Mm. The, this, this thing is giving you access to the non-mechanical 
content. Mm. So it's giving you access to Galarian. It's giving you access mm. to all of the locations and yeah, okay. storylines and uh, uh, characters and NPCs. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's, the, it's the, yeah, it's the non-mechanical IP that you're getting here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, like, yeah, it's like on DM's Guild. You can write a yeah. D&D book. Yes. And you can sell that on DriveThruRPG or you can sell it on um, Kickstarter or whatever. If you want to yeah. set it in the Forgotten Realms, yeah. Yeah. it's got to be on DM's Guild. Yeah. Mm. And no Mind Flayers unless it's on DM's Guild, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all the fun? Yeah, uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so that that is a thing that Paizo's doing. They, they've they got mm. a number, because GenCon's going on right now as we speak. Mm. There's going to be like a whole bunch of announcements coming from Paizo, I'm pretty sure, over the over the next three days. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't be able to get to those till next week unless we develop a time machine. Well, we could just wait. Yeah. Or we could just wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> Cut my TARDIS out back, so I might jump, I might jump ahead a little oh, bit. Well, as soon as your TARDIS gets out of the shop, then like, so, obviously... I can tell you what, if I had a TARDIS, I'm sure I'd find a better use for it than just finding out what those announcements are in Gen Con. Would, would you, Russ? Would you really? <laughs> It's that whole lottery ticket plan. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose that could yeah. help. Yeah. Let's talk about Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Mm. Oh, yes, it's the new D&D 5th adventure. Which is coming out on the 21st, 23rd, 23rd yeah, so, something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, very soon, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the contents page has leaked online. Mm. Ah, shocking. Who could have yeah. seen this turn of events? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got it in front of me, and what I will do, it's over on Bell of Lost cell, Cells? Souls? <laughs> Bell of Lost Souls? Not Cell. Uh, there's the link, so you can see oh, it. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's look that in the chat there. So what we got yeah. here is we have got five chapters. We've got an introduction, which contains all the player options. Ooh. And chapter one is the Witchlight Carnival. Chapter two is Hither. Chapter three is Thither. Chapter four is Yon, and chapter five is called the Palace of Heart's Desire. Hmm. Oh, I do like this. This looks like a proper a proper leak. It looks like a, someone's taking a picture on their phone. Yes, that's exactly what's yeah. happened. Well, the thing is, reviewers have gotten their copies already, mm-hmm. so I assume it came from one of those. Hmm. Ah, well, maybe that's what they want you to think. Well, maybe who knows. <laughs> Uh, then we've yeah. got, uh, then we've got five appendices. We've got magic items. We've got factions. Yeah. We've got creatures. Then we've got an appendix called role playing cards huh. and mm-hmm. one called stage frights lines. Huh. I'm not quite sure what that stage is. And then we've got lines. a story tracker at the end, which I assume is some kind of diagram or flowchart or something. Oh, okay. So story tracker, I guess, is obviously enough that will keep you on track as mm. you're running, uh, hither, liver and yon. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see what you did there. Uh, I, uh, uh, stage frights lines. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't see. I can't see any other reference to stage fright in no. the in the table of contents. So I don't is know what it, that is. Uh, Maybe but something. It, is, it is written as a single word. So, oh yeah, sorry. Stage anyway. fright. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like somebody's name. Stage fright. Mm, yeah. Mm. No. A name or a condition, perhaps. So, are you are you interested in this or not? Does this um, do it for you? Yeah, yeah I mean, I feel like yeah. I think the Feywild in general has its has its places. Um, mm. I th- I feel like uh, it's 
a, a, in a little bit late to the sort of whole rush of Feywild material, I think, that came out third party um, last mm. year. So I feel like it's it's kind of a follow-on. Um, and if people mm. were digesting that content, they might be interested in this um, as as an official supplement, if you will, or, or mm. tack on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, dabbled in, in looking at writing uh, some material for Feywild myself, mm. but, uh, but I haven't finished that out yet and and yeah. i don't know sometimes yeah. i'm into it sometimes i'm not it's kind of hard to get a sense of the tone of this one mm-hmm. which part sometimes it feels very sort of like aimed at kids with like playable mm. rabbits and stuff mm. and other times it feels like it's kind of like the more sort of brothers grim dark twisted kind of fairy tale kind right. of element mm. maybe maybe it's both i don't know i don't know it's hard to it's hard it's hard to get a sense yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the yeah. I'm not sure what the appetite is going to be on on this one. I think if they're releasing some of the magic items and stuff here, like that, those are some of the things that I'd want to bring into my game and and kind mm. of take to the mm. table and say, hey, let's check some yeah. of this stuff out. Um, it's only like seven pages of magic items. It's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they got more, maybe more of a focus on factions. Mm. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at that. The Hourglass yeah. Coven. The League of Malevolence. Oh, that's the that's with the you know, oh, that's um, got uh, yeah, Warduke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And Valor's Call, which is the good one with Strongheart and all that lot in it. Ah, uh, okay. So a coven, I guess, would be a bunch of hags. Oh yeah, and... they're, 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 they're listed there actually. Look. Yeah, and then oh, I mean, there's some names listed. We're just assuming they're hags. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think I've seen elsewhere. I'm pretty sure I've seen elsewhere. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I guess we've got. Uh-oh. I don't know. Are we trying to navigate a path of neutrality? If there's like these various factions, or is, are we supposed to pick a side? This is not a thing that I know. No. Uh, so, uh, 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 but I mean, basically, what we talk about is it's a contents page. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts, Anthony? Or well, the description says sort of carnival games. Uh, one thing that mm-hmm. strikes me about the, I guess, the creature list is the Jabberwock. Uh, I've been looking mm. for, and I've, I've created my own version of it for 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 my home campaign uh, mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested in seeing sort of what they did there and how close or how far away from... You, you can actually look at that. That's on D&D Beyond mm. uh, previewed that last week. Oh. The Jabberwock. Oh. Well, that's nice. Neat. I'll have to take a look at that for sure. And of course, the Snickersnack, right? Right, the the fancy yeah. version of the Vorpal <laughs> Sword, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Uh, so, if they're going down the C.S. Lewis route, um, you know, that might be a draw for some folks as well. That is the Jabberwock. Not, not C.S. Lewis. Uh, um, Lewis Carroll. Yeah. See, where the Jabberwock? <laughs> I think we mentioned yeah. it last week, actually. The Jabberwock revised a flame, came whiffling through the tortuous and burbled as it came. Yeah, challenge 13, yeah. huge dragon, confusing burble, regeneration, uncanny tracker, fiery gaze. Yeah. Actually, uh, a Jabberwock. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. I mean, it's uh, it's not more Cassandra's dragons, I'll tell you that right away. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at it, it's like, well... Oh, what's it do? It does it? It tries it's, and it, hits it's, you with its it, claws it, and tails. It, it's no. Oh, it might it's, be a bit far. Oh, it's okay. no Paul Hughes to ask that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, quite frankly, uh, what's it going to do? Now, I mean, it's not. It's not going to try and get inside my head and um, do sorts of terrible things to my psyche. <laughs> How yeah. bad can it be, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so it seems like a that's a, that. Um, yeah. So we've got some more previews from it from the from the book. So okay, you you can have you may choose. When I say choose, you're gonna you, you get them both anyway. But it's just anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so right. which do you want okay. first? <laughs> so it's either the rabbit folk, Ooh. or you can look at the stats for war chief, etc. War chief. Is that a that's one of the monsters? So creatures? he's uh, the he's, he's a character, he's an NPC, okay. um, based on a 1980s D and D action figure, basically. And then he appeared in a whole bunch of modules over the years. And you've you, you basically seen him around. He's like the bloke with all the Baldur's Gate two helmets with the big bat uh, sort of things, um, and he's got like one leg uncovered because that's his jam. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just looking at my He rides a bicycle, of course. Right? Well, let's, have, let's have a look at let's have a look at those first, then, shall we? And then we'll do the we'll do the rabbit hook afterwards. So this yeah. has stats for Strongheart, Ooh. who is these are NPC stats. They haven't got. No, no. He's a challenge for medium humanoid human paladin. Mm-hmm. We've got Elkhorn, who's a challenge to medium humanoid dwarf. Okay. Uh, and we've got Duke himself with his one-legged trouser. A trademark one-legged trouser. I, I, I still still have to adopt this uh, epic fashion statement into my own <laughs> life. I will do. Yeah. The one-legged trouser. Um, who is a Challenge 5... This is very blurry. Challenge yeah. 5 chaotic evil uh, human of some kind. Yeah, Rush, you're missing out on such amazing things as his personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. They're not on there, are they? Uh, oh, no, they're up there above, above the stat block. Sorry, you are correct. I yes. speak with the flames and raise the sharp edges of my sword. Shows how, words to hell. That shows how much <laughs> I how much I usually skim across the ideal bonds and flaws, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Enough of the personality. Give me the stats. <laughs> Give me the numbers. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got Skyder, or Skidder, Skyder. Challenge to medium humanoid human. I think that says warlock, but I'm not sure because it's really... Yeah, uh, uh, that looks like Warlock. Huh? Charisma is high. So, Warduke stats, he's got eight. Is that an 18? No. There's a lot of Eldritch. Warduke strength. Uh, Can you make that out? Is that a uh, plus one or a plus three bonus? What's his attack modifier? Plus six. So, I reckon he, yeah, he's, it's, it's it must be three. like a 16. Hmm. Yeah, yes, he's got, got I think that's a, plus three. I think that's a plus three bonus. It's the way this photo is with the yeah. light glaring off it. You can't Mm-mm-mm. make out whether that's a three or a one or what. So I think that's a plus three right. bonus. So that must be 16 then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's just like, oh, that's it with the older. Yeah, it's plus three. So mm. that's, that'll be like a 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so all their stats are in the book, mm. which is nice. And mm-hmm. then finally, we have got the rabbit folk. Mm. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking. If you want to yeah. play a rabbit, do you want to play a rabbit? Now, what what you want to do, right, is you want to take this and you want to bring it into D and D Old West or maybe Pirates, so you can finally achieve the pinnacle of role playing and become a gun bunny. <laughs> there we go. Anthony's <laughs> uh, laughing. Russell Solomon's uh, left his body. Yeah, no. Target all is achieved. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go down the path of uh, the Rise of the Guardians Easter Bunny. Uh, he seemed pretty, pretty uh, athletic. I, I, I like that. That was awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> right. anyway, should you wish to play a rabbit? That's 
They're called Harringons. Yes. Um, and these are their stats. So they're basically, they got a bonus to initiative. They got a bonus to dexterity saving throws. Mm-hmm. They can do a rabbit hop, which lets them jump five times their proficiency bonus without provoking opportunity attacks. Harringons. Uh, I mean, you're telling me that they've designed a class that can basically do bunny hops. Yes. I mean, it sounds like they're really going for the quake crowd here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe they get a bonus when they're moving sideways. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, yeah. as Wizard of the Coast does now, ability scores, it doesn't have baked in ability scores, so you can increase no. one by two and another by one, mm. or three different ones by one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, okay. Um, Which would it be, would it be easy just to say you have three points to divide? If you can increase well, one by two and another by one, or three different ones by one, you basically got three points to divide, three. but you can't put well, three. Well, you can't put three in one. in one, yeah. You can't put three in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just confuse people. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, confuse me. <laughs> Easy done. Yeah, fair. <laughs> can't argue with that, really. No, nah, it's legit. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, that's, yeah. Coming out. that's coming out next week, I think, or the week after. Ah, that's nice. Are, are we sure it's Herringon? It's not Herringon. Herringon? Because they are, Cause they are they're rabbits. Hares. Well, they're rabbits. Yeah. They're rabbit folk, not hares. Hares aren't rabbits. Mm. Well, they're really big rabbits. They look a so. bit like rabbits. <laughs> well, they're neither really, I suppose. But it's, so, it's all made up. <laughs> anyway, where are we? Yes. Uh, right. Should we talk about the D&D movie? Oh, yes, yes, yes. A little I bit can't of... believe that's actually finished filming. I thought yeah. it seemed like only yesterday we started talking about they were in production. Mm. But it is looking increasingly like this might be a real thing this that is actually I might happen. actually pay money to go and see. It might even be Wild. Good. It might even be do you, good. <laughs> do you think it's <laughs> well, going to be good? Hold on there, chaps. Yeah, hold on yeah. there. Come on. Do you think it's going to be good? Right? Oh, oh, that's a hard this? one. Because, like, the... obviously no. But on your hand, there's, like, a little tiny voice to me. A little tiny voice of hope saying... But it might be, though. So, yeah. so basically, you think it won't be, but you hope it will. Um, I'm, I'm adjusting my expectations mm. so that okay. I probably won't be disappointed. <laughs> what, what, have we got a sense of what the tone of the movie is going to be more angled towards that humor side or more angled towards the gritty oh. side? Or well, that oh, kind how, of how it would go wrong, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that kind of leads into this specific specific news item, because Justice Smith is one of the cast members of the film. Which is one of the things that gives me hope, Along with Chris Pine and Hugh Grant Mm -hmm. and Michelle Rodriguez and a whole bunch Mm. of other people. And what's his name from Bridgerton? Uh, Oh, yes, I know who you mean. Reggae John Page. Yes. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're all in it. So anyway, this is Justice Smith. Yes. Uh, He says... Goldstein and Daly, who are the directors, are incredible. Mm-hmm. They're so funny and have such clear vision. I loved Game Night. That movie mm. is so good and so funny, and it's such a clear, specific story. It doesn't mm. try to be anything that it's not. I think they approach this in the same way. I can't mm. spoil too much, but it's action-packed, thrilling, funny as hell. It's all of the things, and yet it has a clear idea. That specificity, that specificity, specificity, specificity is. It sounds like they got quite a good focus. It's key in storytelling, and John and Jonathan do that so well. And being Mm. like, this is the story we're telling, but they're making it enjoyable the entire time. There we go. Okay, I don't think I've seen Game Night. If I recall, that's one with Jason Bateman in. Yes, yeah, I've uh, seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm aware, I've seen yeah. a trailer of it. I know basically mm. what it is, and I've had it spoiled to me. So I know what oh, that story is. 
I, I might have to go and uh, might have to go and watch it then. Yeah. yeah. And see if I enjoyed it. Yeah. Everyone, oh, yeah. everyone I know that's seen it says it's good. Okay. Nice. That sounds like it. So it sounds like the director's all right. Mm. So yeah, um, good cast, good directors. Again, there's hope. There's like a lot. There's a lot of ways for it to go wrong. But like I say, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I can't think of yeah. any possible way it could go wrong. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> well, all of the old previous attempts have all been good too. So right. There were no previous attempts. Track record. <laughs> Uh, yeah. anyway. We oh. shall see. Well, I guess we'll find out like next year or the year after or whenever mm. it comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna happen. We should do we should do an official podcast trip to see it. Yeah, right. And then do an, and then do an episode on it. Straight afterwards, immediate reactions. Uh I I mean we Sharon be disappointed that she didn't get to <laughs> <laughs> I think possibly yeah. not. Wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have yeah. a question for you. Would you like to roleplay with your cat? That presupposes that I do not already roleplay with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. Uh, I, uh, I do it all the time. I pretend that he's going to listen to a damn word I say. And he looks at me uh, uh, with every every sign that he's actually listening. Yes. I mean, ov- obviously, then none of this occurs, but I like to pretend to yes. know. Brief it. With good. dripping content <laughs> and seething hatred boiling just below the surface. Yeah. No. I mean, you don't I, have to have he a... He is a lovey. I will not listen to this slander based on your anti... Uh, your philophobious comments. Is a Kickstarter called How to RPG with Your Cat. Oh, oh yeah. No. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so Okay, so basically, the cat is How its does own. Up with you? Is its own dice, its own die, basically. So what happens is there's a number of different prompts that you can give the cat, right? And then, for example, an acrobatics prompt, which was used when the cat's character is balancing or doing a stunt or jumping or something. You do an acrobatics prompt. So what you do is you take a light sheet or towel and you try to throw it over your cat. Then you compare it to a chart of uh, ten different results yeah. and this is okay. what happens to the character so uh, th- does it does it have looks at you in glares most probably <laughs> yeah. most probably so we've got we've got Camera number one is on every table. gets tangled up under the sheet and must be rescued all the okay. way up to dodges the sheet avoiding being covered by it and there's 10 different results mm. going from one oh, to ten. I see. Yeah, so right. depending on what what the cat actually does that's yeah. that's basically the result of their attempted action in the game interesting yeah interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So if you want to roleplay okay. with your cat, that, that is how you can do it. Huh. Is, is one of the tables, how many books can you stack on your cat while it's sleeping? <laughs> have you, <laughs> I, I've, I, have uh, you seen I, that? I mean, it depends what, you're, what books you're stacking. If it's paperbacks, you'll probably get about one or two. <laughs> uh, role-playing books, you're in dangerous yeah. spots from your cat. There is not. that, yeah. <laughs> God, imagine like the Pathfinder 2nd Edition core rulebook. Oh, <laughs> not my cat. <laughs> He's not racing for that kind of weight. <laughs> or the level up coral book, for that matter. Oh, good lord. Which is going to be about the same size. Although, uh, we don't recommend the level up coral books or monstrous menageries for stacking on your cat, but you could use them and possibly uh, mythological beasts and maleficent figures or whatever it's called. I can't remember the rest. It's your book. Almost. Um, and. And, and use them uh, to construct a small trilith 
for your cat to shelter under. You could. It would be safe. Yes. But then uh, it, it, it's going to be re- safe from like pretty much everything uh, up to and including toddlers and uh, small explosions. Yeah, but after you've made all that effort building that for your cat, it will then completely ignore it and go and sit in a box. Oh, well, I, I was just assuming you'd build it around the cat. But yeah, yeah, sure, that, that also works. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, did you see the Tarask? The CR60 I did Tarask. see the Tarask. Arc yes. Up. Yeah. The level up but it's not, <laughs> it's not technically CR60. It's CR30. No, no, but it's, it's, an, only CR30. it's an elite creature, which means it's equivalent to two CR30 creatures. CR20. Mm-hmm. So you should count it as a oh, CR60. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Well, sort of on the, account, on the encounter table, for the total party level versus total encounter level, you count it as CR60, but not yes. for the maximum monster CR part of the calculation. Right. It's still uh, CR30 for that. Right, right, that makes sense. Yeah. But, so if you had five level 20 <laughs> players, that's like... Um, a hundred total party level mm. sort of thing. Yeah. So a CR six, two CR thirties would be like what uh, three fifths. So we're getting on for a hard to deadly encounter, mm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm. So this Tarask is basically Godzilla, isn't it? I, I I think you'll find it actually eats Godzilla's for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, Godzilla. Oh, possibly. Ah, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's, he's probably about twice as tough as the core 5e to ask, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, well, possibly. Some, some might consider it infinitely tougher because it can, oh, I don't know, attack sorcerers yeah. on a broom yeah. with a, uh, with a, with a crossbow. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So, it, yeah, that, that, that used to be like, well, yeah, what's it going to do? Yeah. Try and dodge this, matey. Yeah. yeah. It's got its radiant breath weapon. It can also yeah. jump really high to get at you. And also, creatures in the sky around it get dragged down to earth. Because yeah, it's a Tarask. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that seems entirely fair. Yeah. So you can't, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't really do the fly above it and just drop things, drop pebbles on it until it dies. Yeah. Technique, yeah. anyway. It's, yeah. it's proper nasty. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's a Tarask. Oh, yeah. That's a real Tarask, that is. It, 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 I'm sure it'll give, like, a level 20 party something to chew on for a mm. while. Yeah. If you're not a level 20 party, possibly you should think again. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest yeah. thing possibly about... reconsider your life decisions before you fight this thing. <laughs> The biggest thing about the, the a creature at that you know of that magnitude and and scale mm-hmm. is really the collateral damage too, right? So kind of thinking about well, yes, we might be able to defeat it, but at what cost, mm. right? So those are the things that you know make uh, make some of these things even even more interesting. And I th- I love all of the mm. lore that we build around that mm. we have built mm. around uh, some of these creatures. Uh, yeah. Kind of refreshes mm. them and and makes them really, um, you know, playable. If 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 you will, mm. yeah. Yes. God, Although, God. isn't there an adventure module or something called Planet of the Tarasks? Yeah, that rings a bell. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've heard about that. I mean, I'm sure that would be a fun one. Planet? Oh, the, I have heard of that one, Planet of Tarasks. Because <laughs> there's there's wow. supposed to only be one ever at any given moment, yeah. right? Mm. Like. Yeah, yeah, having more than one Tarasks, I think, would uh, diminish its mystique. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember Lord Soft keeps one in a cupboard. Does he? Yeah. Okay. It's a Dragonlance yeah. module set in Darkard Keep, which is where Lord Soft lives, and he has a pet Tarask. Um, is it not like a 
miniature giant space Tarasque. No, it's an actual Tarasque. <laughs> he was a very large cupboard. Mm, I would have thought, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. like a TARDIS cupboard. Yeah. Bigger on the inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's like he's got he's got guests over. Uh, someone's asking, oh, where do I get the cupboard? He's like, oh, that one. That, uh, no, that's one of the Tarasquean. It's the cupboard <laughs> next to it. <laughs> Yeah. You want the one that isn't making the horrible howling sounds, but I suppose that wouldn't really narrow it down for Lord Soft's kitchen. Yeah. Well, oh, anyway. We got some yes. news from Darker Hue Studios. Oh, yes, Chris Ivy. Mm. Um, he's got a new product out, hasn't he? Haunted West mm. is at the printers at the moment. Oh. So it's coming imminently. So Exciting. Apparently, Kickstarter backers will get their digital rewards shortly. Nice. Uh, the game's going to be on drive through on Tuesday, September the 21st, which is next, this upcoming Tuesday, is it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the hardcover, you can, pr- you can currently pre-order it from Darker Hue for $84.95 or the PDF for $39.95. That's a lot for a PDF, actually, but, um, mm. you can get the PDF for $39.95. But it is 800 yeah. pages, though. It's a, it's not a small PDF. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So I was thinking that, that was a lot. And then you said it's an 800, yeah. 800 pages. 800 pages. Eight, eight. Single hardcover, full-size book. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's, wow. That's going to be like a foot thing. I don't know. That's, that's a that's dictionary. 800 pages. <laughs> yeah, you, you literally could build houses out of those. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, that that's the sort of thing that will stop small arms fire, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, we're talking like a couple of inches of paper. Yeah. <laughs> More than that. Yeah, yeah. Inches, like okay. three or four inches, I would have thought. Yeah, okay, so three or four inches of uh, quality paper <laughs> and cardboard. It's still, yeah, wow, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, cracky. It's going to be like, I mean, what? Carry, it's going to be carry that in your front pocket. You'd be, uh, you'd be like, of those, it's like, going to be like the size like, of one of those really big encyclopedias <laughs> you used to have. Which nobody yeah. has anymore mm. because they have an internet mm. instead. But no, even no. those, <laughs> even those were split <laughs> up into you know binder sized, you know, yeah. chunks. Yeah. 800 pages, yeah. Wow. Uh, a prodigious work. Yeah. From a previous author. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, damn. Yeah. Um, what other information do we have? So, mm-hmm. Modifius, some previews for the Shackleton Expanse for Star Trek Adventures. Ah, uh, yes. So, Shackleton Expanse is 320 page source book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a region of space on the far side of the Romulan Empire. I, I feel at this point I, we should interject say that 320 pages is a really big book still. That is like yeah, it's, a really... It's bigger than the D&D Player's Handbook, isn't it? Or it's about the yeah, same yeah, size in the regional. Yeah, about we're, the same, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about a really decently sized book. We, it's just come on after an 800-page beer moth, but we don't feel this should reflect negatively upon the Shackleton Expanse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a perfectly respectably sized book. Yeah. So um, so we've got, we've got a preview of the table of contents. So it's like uh, mm-hmm. 10 chapters. There's the overview of the area... Factions, <laughs> new life path options and gear, an overview mm. of the Tilikal, which is a new alien species, mm. uh, and rules for creating Tilikal characters, and a 10 part mm. adventure path that spans from the original series era to the next generation era. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm Could be good fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm still waiting for my tricorder set, though. That's what I want. Yeah, when, when is that going to hit? I don't have know. Have you seen that, Anthony, the uh, tricorder? It's basically like you get like a whole pile of like modifiable Star Trek books in like a little satchel that looks like a tricorder mm. uh, from the original series. It's, it's really nice. gorgeous. 
Uh, I yes. don't know when that's coming out. They haven't said yet. R- R- Russ fell for it super hard, and it's like, no, it's all you can think about. I also don't know how, how much they make that cost. noise when you turn it on. I assume it's an actual working tricorder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> can scan. Sure, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you're lucky, they'll have like a little button you can press, and it'll make tricorder noises. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, just to be there, like make happy uh, tricorder noises. Yeah. And again, your mobile, your mobile phone is better than half the Star Trek technology anyway. Like a Star Trek communicator is nowhere near as good as an iPhone, is it? That is true, that is true. Although, it's like, imagine a communicator. It's like a, it's like a smartphone without any apps. I, I, uh, I'm sure I've got a Nokia kicking around somewhere that was a perfectly good. It's like a Nokia 3310 that you can't play Snake on. No. Well, right. I think we have come to the end of the news. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. I think it's now time that we play our favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try and guess what it is from just the name. You look excited. Yeah. I've purposely stayed away from Kickstarter notifications this week. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So, uh, Anthony, are you uh, familiar? 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 (laughs) Are you familiar? What's familiar? is not even a word. He's not a familiar. He's a game designer. (laughs) So who would like to go first? Shall shall I go first as a traditional? Yes, I defer defer to to tradition. What is Questonomical? Oh, man, this is going to be another expensive week, isn't it? Questonomical. Okay, so, like, the Questonomical sounds to me like ye grandy big old book of quests, which is absolutely crammed full of, like, uh, maybe some pre-written quests, one-pagers, uh, random tables, uh, things to basically get all the creative juices going so you can go and play games. Um, like... Uh, maybe some treasures as well. Maybe some journey rules, uh, extra survival kit, all the sort of things that it's basically, do you want to go a quest? Then you need to open the quest nomicon and find out more. Mm. Um, and I don't know, it'd probably be pretty sweet if it was system neutral, but yeah, say system neutral and maybe D and D compatible. Mm. You're most of the way there. It's, it is fifth edition. Not, okay. not system neutral, but pretty much everything right. Mm. So it's got 10 yeah. stories and 30 adventures for D&D 5th edition. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is looks, looks like it might be heading towards being another million-dollar Kickstarter. It's yeah. only gone mm. for a few days, and it's already got $330,000. Wow. Nice. So that's rocketing. For, this is connected to Ghostfire Games, who have oh. helped out with a number of Kickstarters recently, and all of them have done... Like gone stratospheric. Mm. Yeah, you know what, Russ? I think we should have these people on the podcast at We're some point. Lucky they're coming on in a week or two, then, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's almost uh, like they're, they're right there on the spreadsheet, Peter. If you know, oh, really? you'd know. Oh, that. oh, oh re- really? Uh, oh, okay. Well, thank you for pointing that out to me. <laughs> I mean, you, tra- you feed a straight line. You, you feed your man a straight line one time. And he's like, oh, don't you really? 
Anyway, anyway, so anyway. yeah, so this is basically yeah, it looks like an anthology of adventures, thirty mm. adventures for D and D fifth edition. Mm. Um, yeah. Looks pretty cool. It's done really well. It's gonna if yeah. it doesn't do a million, it's gonna do close to a million. Yeah. So thirty stories with three part, uh, ten stories, three parts each. Uh, if there's thirty adventures, or oh, is that is that how it something? works? Is it? Let me dive in. Is it? Are they all three parters? Oh, I don't the, the the way you described ten stories and thirty adventures. Ten stories and thirty oh. adventures. I don't know if it's if, if, you if that means ten three parters or not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, well, it would give you like a nice free act. Sort it's, of, a really, uh, it's a really long Kickstarter page, and I can't read it all right now. Let's let's, let's, let's yeah. assume it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What what it does have? It's got uh, the, a lot of these things as a million dollar Kickstarters tend to have. It's got miniatures. It's got mm. dice. It's got screens. It's got bags and boxes and tokens and pawns mm. and you know tons tons of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what path will you choose? Fight a dragon, save a city, ride through the Wild West, catch train, or take the high seas, track down treasure. Uh, each theme has two different first-level one-shot stories that could be extended to levels two and three with further games. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Peter, I'll give you a seven points out of ten for that. Ah, thank you. Right, then. Okay. The next one, then, is for Anthony. Are you ready? Yes. You Let's do it. Okay. So this is one of those ones that has something, then a colon, and then the thing after the colon tells you exactly what it is. So I can't read out the thing after the colon. Okay. So it's, it's Peculiar Discoveries, colon something. Ah, okay. So Peculiar Discoveries, mm. uh, but, but with a colon so that it has some qualifier, it sounds well, like it will be... Well, the colon basically describes exactly what it yeah, is. It will be a... Standalone game where uh, the the main mechanic is uh, around discovery, um, and uh, uh, I, I guess the the characters have to work together to make these discoveries. And each each player, rather, maybe they're not characters, but each player has some you know unique skill set to contribute to the discovery. Um, mm. That's so. It is not that. <laughs> what it is is a book of three hundred and twenty D and D fifth edition magic items. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's pretty much that, and also it's got some character companions, including ten mounts. But mainly, it appears to be loads and loads and loads and loads magic. of magic items. So the thing after the co- colon, it was peculiar discoveries colon magic items and companions for five e. Ah. <laughs> which would have basically told you exactly what it was. Hey, I know what that is. I, I can guess what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's got six days to go. So if you're interested in this, yeah. you've got to jump on it pretty quick. Um, it had a $30,000 goal. It's done about 120000 so far. So it's doing really well. Good. And then it ends sort of mid-next week, Wednesday, Thursday, something like Ooh. that. So if you want 320 yeah. new D&D 5th edition, Magic items pick up level up in three weeks' time. But if you want another hey. 320 new D&D 5th edition <laughs> magic items, you could take a look at Peculiar Discoveries. <laughs> you could do both and have 640 magic yes. items. There you go. Which would be like, I don't know, 80-odd magic items per character. And quite frankly, that's hard for you to be. That would be heavy. <laughs> How can you carry 80 magic items? Well, you probably just ignore the encumbrance rules, like yes, most people, most people do. <laughs> Who uses encumbrance rules? 
Apart from Peter. <laughs> and level up. Not, not, as, not as they are. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Anthony, unfortunately I cannot give you any points for that because you've got it That's completely right. wrong. I am so sorry. Oh. I'm not really sorry. I'm just saying it out of politeness. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate the politeness. It's, it's, it's a mix of courtesy and brutal honesty that makes talking for us such a charming experience. <laughs> All right, Peter, you ready for your second one? Yes. Okay. okay. This one is called... That's Gravemire. Gravemire. One word. Uh, all right. Um, I'm just going to go right out and say that there's going to be undead in this one. Because uh, obviously. Um, and I'm hoping for a swamp as well. Um, again, this is just like just based off the thing. So it feels like uh, Gravemire. Is this a setting or is this a system or what's going on? Yeah, that is the question. Um, that is the question. Um, I feel it's like there are of, other questions, but that's. I, I feel this is like a, a your, your standard splat book with like a setting. It's like got a world building for like the Gravemire world slash region, which is very heavily focused on swamps. And I don't know. I'm like really channeling sort of um, East of England vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like um, uh, a bit like the Ghost of Salt Marsh, but even even marshier. Yeah. So it's like that sort of. Uh, world building and settings as like a uh, themes of isolation and uh, sort of like definite, de- yeah, definite horror in a sort of a lonely haunting fashion. So like maybe a lot of psychological horror coming in with it and presumably barrows. I want barrows to be in there as well. Mm. Uh, this is, de- this is definitely where all these, these are things that the words are evoking in me. And I guess it's going to be for fifth edition, probably. But yeah, um, yeah. So I, and it will have it will have monsters and like cool stuff like word wisps and um, swamp bogarts and who knows and all that sort of jazz. But basically, lots of um, amphibious horrors. So, in the words of every single country who voted for us in Eurovision this year, nil point. <laughs> <Swear. laughs> Actually, yeah, you are you are right about the swampy part. But that's the only part you're right about. Um, so this is basically a monster-infested kind of slightly horror-y thing, I think. Uh, 19, 1890s Louisiana. Ah, mm. uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's basically... It's an so, original- so, so it's it's basically rural horror, but I just got... I went for my rural horror as opposed to what I should have done, which is thinking outside the box to say American rural yes, horror. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yes. Um, it is a standalone... Less boggarts, more gators. Original system, cool yep. rule book. D12 yeah. based mechanics. Oh, nice, nice. And like you say, lots ooh. of swamps and monsters and stuff. Oh man, I've definitely seen that at a convention when it comes back because that, that just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be top quality for one shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has funded. I, I, I'm not, I'm not seen ADR. I don't know anything about it, but with that name and that sort of setting, I feel there's definitely very, very, I don't know. What, what do you recommend? Does that sound that, that, that we're expecting some sort of, I don't know. It feels like it's going to be a good horror game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to have zombies so. and things, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Zombies and gators. Yeah. So this is funded. Good choice. Uh, it had a $16,000 goal. It's currently at 16500 with two weeks to go. Yes. So, Peter, I'll give you one point for identifying that there's a swamp in it. Okay. So, Anthony, how about Mana Games Cafe? Mana Games Cafe. Hmm. So, this is 
a uh, an adventure module for uh, maybe changeling uh the gathering um and it's centered around uh, a cafe where they they play games uh you know ostensibly it's it's a game shop um but obviously with uh you know the 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 what is it called uh seeing past the illusion of the game shop it's actually deeper magic uh associated with the changeling folk uh from uh you know the the, the world of shadow okay so what this actually no. is is a games cafe <laughs> in lincoln nebraska oh it's a Kickstarter <laughs> for a game shop. An actual games cafe called Mana Games Cafe. And it's not the only one in the list of, uh, this week. We've also got one in Stoke-on-Trent called Long Rest Tabletop Games and Coffee Shop. There's two so of them. So they're, ki- they're the kickstarting the, the, you know, the foundation of this you know, building and, uh, I mean, the, the shop in, in, in a space, mm. physical space. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where are we? Uh, oh, no, you can. You, you, the idea, I suppose, is you just go there and you can play games. Uh, this game cafe will offer games and coffee in Lincoln, Nebraska, a large gaming library, an inclusive space, all types of gaming, including mm-hmm. RPGs and GM workshops. Yes, and That's then I'll mention cool. the one in Stoke on Trent as well. So this is on the list. Um, yes. again, an inclusive space to engage in any type of tabletop game, including RPGs. And other Ooh. beverages and beverages of an adult nature. Ah, oh, exciting! Beer and board games. Beer and role so playing. <laughs> if you. only someone has thought of this before, those geniuses. <laughs> yes. Now, now it's called Long Rest, but will it also be a haven? That's that's, that's question. Good, <laughs> good question. <laughs> good question. So, um, while I can't actually give you any points for that, Anthony, that still puts you nearly a million points ahead of Peter. Wow. Which means you are this week's winner of our favourite game in all the world. Congratulations, you get to take home the metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Ah, the hang just very fair. My favourite event of the year. What have we here? Welcome, sir. I am Reginald, inventor of wondrous things and astonishing marvels. Inventor, eh? How exciting. Pray tell me, uh, Reginald, of your latest invention. Oh, I'm quite proud of this one, my friend. This device I call the single-edged one-handed evisceration device. What do you think? The single-edged one-handed evisceration device? Well, yes, the name might not be quite there yet, but I can work on that. Ah, but it's a sword? A what now? It's a sword. You have just invented the sword. I fail to understand your meaning, sir. What, I ask, is a sword? It is that thing you have just invented, sir. It is called a sword. Look, I have one right here. What? What devilry is this? How have you learned of my secret so quickly? Quickly? I've had this sword since I was a boy. My father gave it to me. Before that, his father gave it to him. It has been in my family for generations. Impossible! There is some kind of skullduggery afoot. I assure you, Reginald, that not only does a sword already exist, but is exceedingly common. Look around you, almost everybody has one. No, that's impossible. I'm sorry, my friend, but you have simply reinvented the wheel. The what now? Uh, the wheel? You know that thing that makes carts move? 
You mean the circular locomotive assistance disc? Oh, no, don't tell me. Well, it's still in the drafting stage. Look, I have the plans here. It is to be my magnum opus, my piece de resistance. <sighs> oh, man, I've got uh, some bad news for you, my friend. I have been beaten to the punch? By about 40,000 years, my dear Reginald, the will has been assisting the circular locomotion of carts and wagons for centuries. My career is in shambles, my life a lie, and my reputation in tatters, and my work a mockery. Oh, now, come, take heart. It can't be all that bad. I'm sure you have something there that nobody has invented yet. Yes, 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 let me look. How about the refracted glass magnifying tube? You mean the telescope? Uh, the horse rider stabilisation kit. Stirrups? The magnetic direction finder with needle. Yeah, that's a, that's a compass. The versatile all-weather head protection unit? Oh, for the look, look, that's just a hat. This one's a sure winner. The curved U-missile propellant mechanism. Dude, there is literally an archery contest going on right over there. <laughs> then I am spent. I have nothing left to offer. Wait, what's this? What? Oh, that is nothing. I don't believe I've ever seen it like before. That's my shoe umbrella. Stops your shoes getting wet in the rain. I'm sure it's been done before. By jingo, friend Reginald. You're onto a winner. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool? Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour, or even more, of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow! That's amazing! Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once, just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah? How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Right then, so we are now going to talk, amongst other things, but we're going to talk about a ranger. Yes. And what Anthony oh. has done to the ranger. Yes. <laughs> oh, Anthony, what have you done to the ranger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took away oh, all his yeah. spells. <laughs> so let me, okay. let me cool up the ranger. While we're, I mean, that's, that's not yeah. the only work you've done on level up, of mm. course. That's just no. like, I think that's kind of like the big... The big yep. Sort of big chunk, yeah. Why don't you quickly sort of like give us an overview of the various things that you've personally contributed to that? Sure, mm. sure. While I, while I dig the ranger up. Absolutely. So, so some of the things that I've been working on for, for level up, in addition to the ranger, were the introduction area, just kind of introducing players to the game. I did some work with the uh, Monster Menagerie, to redoing some of the lore 
you know, making sure that uh, like Medusa and things like um, the Mummy Lord have some some interesting lore associated with them. A couple of others in there, uh, I, I, um, I don't recall altogether. And then just uh, kind of providing feedback across the way for some of the other classes, um, just as as we were all working together on making sure that we had uh, a consistency and and balance, and definitely a big part of the ranger in general were the were the the knacks, exploration knacks, and I think uh, that concept at least um, you know is something that with exploration kind of crossed over uh, uh, the different classes. So um, providing feedback and and. Yeah. And so, thoughts around that. I can't see. I'm trying to go back to like a year or so. Is that? Yeah. That's that's probably where the exploration next came from. Actually, isn't it? Was that Ooh. the origin of them? Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, it was always going to a goal, right? Of the level up to expand the, the exploration pillar uh, and mm. make sure it was not just you know a spindly you know st- stool leg. Yeah. Yeah, but not just for the ranger, but for every class. Right, right, yeah. right. Exactly, exactly. So you know, I, I think it's it's a it's a good extension. Um, and the ranger, of course, is, is a, plays a big part, and and interacting with the exploration and the ranger, I think, was mm. was a, a definitely an interesting task on, on on that side of the house. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what would you say? What what have you? What's the big thing you've done to the ranger? What's the what would you say? Sort of like if someone had to ask you to give you sort of like a sort of like one sentence, what have you done with the ranger? What what's the sort of elevator pitch? Sure. So the big the biggest thing and, and one of the draws was uh, to try to create uh, a spellless ranger. Obviously yes. that was yeah. the, the biggest driver behind this. Um, I really took ex- inspiration from you know, uh, Ranger's Apprentice book sets where they appear almost magical, but in reality, it's it's really their training and their focus and their dedication to their craft um, yeah. that that creates that illusion of of of, of witchery, if you will. Um, but also, right, uh, you know, I, I was inspired by things like. Uh, real life rangers, uh, Texas rangers, uh, the bounty hunters. If in, in a way they would go out into the wild west, and they have to be self-sustaining, right? They have to go after the bad guys, and sort of you know know the terrain, and then sort of more uh, more recently uh, inspiration around sort of the Mandalorian. Right. That, mm. that whole he also kind of lives you know, edge of the empire kind of wild west feeling um he has to be self-sufficient but then also he, he he you know ends up rounding up these folks who end up being attracted to him for his you know ability to lead and ability to to get things done and survive in the wild so those were all i think spellless in a way they they don't have that that magic right the, the mandalorian mm-hmm. doesn't have the force but mm-hmm. uh but uh, they are in their in their own way uh, someone with a deep power and and force of will, if you will. Yeah, I think mm. it's, it's probably fair to say that the original Five E Ranger, like the sort of like archetypal Five yeah. E Ranger, Five. is kind of like a, t- a mm. dual wielding, spell casting wilderness warrior, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't um, really see. I mean, I know there's been a lot of analysis on Ranger in the past, mm. and and it gets a lot of flack, like. I don't think it for, for what it was trying to do. I don't think it was terrible. I think there are mm-hmm. ways to play a ranger successfully, and it's still a beloved class in, in many respects by people who play it and 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 figure mm-hmm. out a way yeah. for them to play it. But absolutely, there there's been a lot of uh, you know it it doesn't really capture what what many people were looking for 
in terms of the class, in terms of its its power base, and it, uh, you know, the the feedback that I I, yeah. I feel like it was coming out of it, it just seemed like a little bit of of a jumble. Yeah, it was like sort of a, it was basically a fighter with like a little sprinkling of magic and sort of it felt almost like some green fake plastic plants strapped to it right. is is in how it played. It's like. Yeah, this is a perfectly serviceable thing, but what's the difference between myself and, like, a fighter with a Outlander background? Right. I'm maybe a bit slower and not as hard hitting. I've got less proficiencies. Yeah. Whereas I think with the Ranger you produced, like, they are the exploration masters. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. 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 It's like they've got the most – in the same way, the fighter is, like, the best at fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and has well- – or, like, just the biggest range of fighting combat maneuvers. Uh, the Ranger has the biggest range of exploration necks as well. And I think that that extra dimension has really given them a space to grow, which you've yeah. really taken advantage of, I feel. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, the, the, the one inspiration that I didn't mention, but is core to the concept, at least in the, in the realm of uh, fantasy adventure uh, for a Ranger, is Aragon. Strider, uh, right fr- from from Lord of the Rings, and and absolutely sort of just being in the wilderness, being able to take a party, a brand new, you know, to the wilderness, and and lead them and guide them mm-hmm. uh, successfully through the wilds with their expertise, keep them safe, um, provide uh, you know medicines from herbs, mm-hmm. you know, when when that's necessary, and that kind of thing. Yeah. That level of awareness was was obviously one of the the core aspects that we wanted to maintain and and kind of grow with this uh, mm-hmm. level up ranger. Yeah, so I think Aragorn is yeah. probably. I mean, I I I know some people dispute this, but I would say he was the inspiration for like the first edition ranger, mm. and then uh, then that ranger kind of moved more towards more in the drizzt kind of yep. direction mm. over the years, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Until you get the current one. That you have and now, I, I but this, so this is kind of looking back to the sort of original inspiration for what what a ranger was. Mm. And and for yeah. me, like it, it's interesting we mentioned Dritz because uh, he was definitely an inspiring ranger, right? Mm. Yeah. But it w- but I don't feel like his archetype was the quintessential ranger. He was mm. sort of yeah. this kind of unique ranger. But then yeah, all yeah. rangers kind of became him. And it became yeah. less unique, and it was, you know, there was, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit I was one of those uh, Dritz, uh, you know, fanboys who created a ranger that was dual wielding that, you know, <laughs> did the whole thing. I, Ooh, I, I, I could be a dark elf. Yeah. I'm a serious statue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I did. I did the whole thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean, one of the things I've really enjoyed when I was looking at it is the first time I looked at it, I was like, I don't understand this. And I got to the subclasses, and I was like, ah, which is the uh, the, the Beast Friend mm. Mac. Yes. Yes, uh, that, that was really nice, uh, because essentially what that lets is it lets you basically have a pet. Yes. And that's open to all the rangers, whereas before, if you wanted a pet, you had to be a Beastmaster. Yep. And I really wanted that, to bring that, that out uh, in this class, because mm. you don't have to rely on your your animal companion to have an animal mm. companion or it, it doesn't exactly. have to be yeah. a partnership, you know, like the beast master is, is more of a partnership mm. where you have equal or, or in, in, mm. in, I think the case of uh, original five E there's a, a mm. huge reliance on this, this, mm. uh, you know, companion mm. um, to do most of the things with you and for you. Yeah. And, yeah. 
it, it became very a very odd. With with the, I mean the the the, the player's handbook, the hunter ranger worked fine. Yep. It did what you wanted it to do. The beastmaster ranger, you however had to commit very much to riding it as a small character, or you had to like try and work out a way to combine its attacks with your attacks. Yep which was a very small design space. Yep. And or otherwise what mostly happened was you were like, well I guess I will just ignore it and it will be here for role playing purposes. Which which seems like a big waste for like a whole subclass feature, do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I see a, an opportunity too with, with the whole Beast Friend knack for, you know, other classes at least I I don't even call it I don't even speak it into existence yet, but for level up homebrew to kind of take <laughs> that knack and Every character wants, uh, uh, you know, in some in some cases, a group. Every character will want a pet, right? Just like every yeah. every you know group might want like a sidekick that that, that has come yeah. out recently with Five E. But I think it gives an opportunity and a model at least to kind mm. of look at yes. and say, okay, well, if I want a pet, this is within the within the realm, mm. uh, and and maybe I can uh, adjust it and make it work for my character. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been. Loads and you know a ton of attempts at revising oh. the Core 5e Ranger yeah. by a million oh. different people, including yeah. Wizards of the Coast, like twice, I think. Yeah, They've tried twice, twice in the yeah. other Um And then cool. there's you know, loads of other people have tried as well. What oh. would you say is like the biggest challenge in attacking oh. this? And why, why, as yet, nothing's really stuck? Sure, sure. I think having a, a clear direction of what you want to do with the Ranger... I think mm. is where most ranger rewrites sort of kind of fell apart. Um, yeah. And and what I mean by that is that at, in my analysis and in reviewing all of these things and why there are so many and why, you know, and which ones were more successful, because there are some successful ranger rewrites out there um, and which ones are not. There was a clear dis- decision to to make a clean break from what Wizards of the Coast was trying to do with it and say, okay, well, this didn't work, so I'm going to completely change something about the core ranger to make it better. Mm. Um, in those cases where there was where there was a, a clear vision, I felt like there was a better reception, um, mm. and and that clear vision, like like we said earlier, I think stayed away from. Well, I'm part, you know, fighter. Well, I'm sort of a little bit druid. Um, I'm a little bit thievy, you know, rogy. Mm. It. it the identity of the ranger um, isn't there as strong as it should be, I think, in the 5e ranger in its core mm-hmm. class. And I think that that's part of, uh, part of you know, what was difficult was because at the end of the day, the ranger does have these attributes. They are sort of fighty. They are sort of roguey. They are sort of druidy. So, how do, yeah. you have, how do you maintain its identity and yet also, uh, you know, kind of fit those things in um but not confuse the identity so for me that was the toughest thing is like i know i have i want to introduce and, and retain some of these core elements but i i want the ranger to also have their own identity i want it to be a strong enough identity to say to say this is a ranger this is the ranger and it can do things that you know it can fight it you know the ranger can fight they can um, you know, be um, uh, aware of nature and in tune with nature, but they don't have to be a druid. They don't have to cast spells. They don't have to, you know, mm. you know, hide in shadows all the time, right? Mm. One of the really great things about Level Up in its overarching design uh, thought process is that giving 
players choices and i mm -hmm. think that really freed me up to to say hey well i could take the ranger in this path but also i could take them in this path um and you know Ooh. kind of weave and and combine those things in a way that's meaningful for an individual and mm -hmm. i think um uh, level ups uh, intent there really um uh, it works well for all the classes but i think it really helped me out yeah yeah mm. yeah so I think the uh, exploration acts in particular, which, as we said, sort of originated here, but they they spread to all of the classes, but yeah. in different ways. Yeah. It's not like yeah. it's not like you know the uh, um, they're not interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like the fighter is a master of herbalism. Right, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's got, he, but he's uh, good at soldiering yeah. and carrying stuff. But everyone's yeah. got everyone's got their own kind of um, theme Focus. exploration acts. Yeah, but mm. the ranger just has so many of them. Yeah, mm. like the ranger can. Yeah, really is. Yeah, a complete, complete master of the wilderness. I mean, let me just yeah. scroll down to this list of exploration acts. We just sort of, like whip through them really quick. Oh God, I can't do them all. So many. Mm. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of them. Um, no. So what have we got? Um, we've got beast friend. We've got build shelter, cause of the world, ear to the ground, expert forager, forced marcher, guide, healing salves, herbal bitters. Huntsman, Long Walker, Master Tracker, Monster Mimic, Poisons and Antidotes, Read the Room, Relentless Pursuit, whew, entire just, just, keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, See the Unseen and Survivalist. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, the explanation knacks that you can choose from. Yeah. 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 Um, if and, I, and you, you end up at level 20, uh, you end up with 12 of those. Yeah. Yes. Man, which is a lot. Um, I would actually call out in specific things like Guide and Huntsman, mm. because those give you uh, bonuses uh, to attempt things like journey activities. Yeah. Did you? Uh, I guess that seems like that would be sort of pretty integral to the design of the Ranger. Absolutely. And and I love that uh, that journey activities, and like I said before, exploration pillar in general, but journey activities are part and parcel of, of the, the core game. Um, mm. And it's not just, oh, well, if this DM decides to have some exploration or focus on wilderness, now my ranger is relevant, right? Mm. Um, mm. It, it pulls in, uh, you know, these journey activities can happen anytime in any terrain, mm. and you're mm. always going to be mm. in a terrain in, in, in these fantasy worlds, right? So, so those are things that help the ranger out specifically but also the fact that that they're they're global they 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 approach other character types and and their knacks as well or their you know how they interact with exploration really mm -hmm. gives uh, also helps to give ranger a purpose in the world uh, as mm -hmm. they are the experts they get the most uh, knacks at the end of the day and they have the widest range and the most detailed and most you know sort of invested exploration interactions uh, of mm -hmm. all the characters um, and I think that's like you, like you point out. That's it's definitely a, a part of how um, this ranger uh, maintains and actually develops its identity as a character class. Yeah, I think there's a scene in the Lord of the Rings movies which I think really speaks to me about the identity of this particular iteration of the ranger because it really shows off the almost magical abilities which are achieved through expertise, not through magic. And it's that scene where Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas are chasing the orcs throughout the hobbits. And you can, you can actually see these things in the exploration acts and things. Like we've got relentless pursuit. So you can see that they just kept following them and following them and following them and following them. 
And then there's this scene where they they find this sort of pile of um, dead orcs and stuff. And Aragorn's mm. looking around. And he starts making deductions about what happened to the hobbits. And he says, they were mm. here, they were tied with rope, they crawled over here, they did this, they did that. And it yeah. almost seems magical. Almost seems mm. like he's using divination magic. But he's not. He's using his tracking skills. Yeah. Just in a, you know, in a way that you could probably only do in a fantasy game. But, um, <laughs> more fantasy you know, movie. Well, but that yeah. kind of really speaks to me about how the ranger is and not, he's not magical. He's an expert, but it yeah. can seem magical because he's yeah. that good at it. Exactly. I mm. mean, he's the Sherlock Holmes, right? Of, of the outdoors. Yeah. He can see all yeah. of these things because he knows how it should be in its, in its mm. natural state. So anything mm. out of the mm. ordinary is, you know, like glowing for him. It's like those, you know, video games mm. where like, oh, when I mouse <laughs> over something, something glows. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think of the ranger in that way. If it's out of, out of the ordinary, it's, it's he's blinking at him. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. going to notice it. Yeah. Yeah. So have you got like a, a favorite bit, a, a bit about this ranger that you just think, I'm so proud of this bit. This is the bit, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> I like. Or is it just all of it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I As love he does all, all his no. children equally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think one of the things I'm 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 proud of is, uh, uh, you know, I I got rid of of something that that was very fightery uh, and mm. and replaced it with something that I felt was more tuned with this concept of you know it's this expertise, it's this wilderness expertise, it's their focus and desire and uh, to 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 survive and succeed in the wilderness mm. they have in in fifth edition they have uh, i think is it is it extra attack they got what, sorry? extra attack they get yeah, extra, that's right. extra yeah. attack and i feel mm-hmm. like is that the one that i took out now it's been so long. i feel like i took away extra attack and mm. replaced it with something that was no extra attack still in there no no not extra attack sorry it was the um, um specialty what is that called combat styles it, yeah fighting style oh yes fighting style, fighting fighting style. style. Yeah. yeah yeah sorry yes uh, yeah. you know there's so much stuff in here i completely missed out that yeah. rangers don't have a fighting so, style anymore yeah oh, oh, exactly okay. yeah. and that's my yeah. that's my design goal there is to not miss it right uh, but mm. fighting styles is in the name it's it's for a fighter right mm. um yeah, and, yeah. and so f- you know it makes sense a lot of sense for a fighter to have a fighting style but mm. but we i'm i sort of kind of designed around that what if what if they didn't have the fighting style what if ranger didn't incorporate that as a mm. part of their core class what would mm. i have to okay. do to make up for that what would make that uh, ranger kind of a little bit more unique so we put mm. in there uh, something about focus, which gives them this ability to kind of make a choice. Um, hey, sometimes I can be uh, do a little bit more damage, or something. Sometimes I can hit a little bit better. You know, my my I get a bonus to to hit um, because yeah. I'm super Ooh. focused on on what I'm doing. And 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 and. Um, but you still get to specialize this ranger in a way. You get to mold their quote unquote fighting style through the choices that you make at each level. Right? You mm. can still go down yeah. the path of Oh well, one of the features kind of allows you to to take on um, some maneuvers for free, and it could be more aligned around a maneuver that's very rangy. In other words, like uh, you know, bows and arrows and, and, and ranged weaponry, or it could mm-hmm. be something where you're swift moving, um, where you yeah. you kind of go in and and you you deal damage, uh, you know, a la Dritz with with two 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 weapons. Um, yeah. So so that's sort of sort of an I think you know kind of one of those behind the scenes things that I'm I'm kind of proud of to take that risk and remove this thing that really 
drove some of the the benefits of the fighting aspect of a ranger uh, uh, and mm. pulling that out and then trying to kind of evolve around or uh, you know uh, design mm. around that in a way that was uh, you know more core to a ra- how a ranger should should behave what I also kind of love about this ranger is some of the detail mm-hmm. in there because one thing that level up has done with it design goal to have you make a meaningful choice at every single character level that's allowed each class to have a higher level of sort of granularity and detail so we've got little things in there like like 16th level the uh ranger can choose between under the stars and woodlaw like woodlaw means that he, he could just like produce a flame in any environment wet or cold because he's just that good at lighting fires <laughs> and things like that and it's kind of like there's, there's these little things in there which aren't game-changing really you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna break the game by being able to light a light a campfire, right? But it just not level sixteen, no, <laughs> no. It's, it's, but it just adds to the. Do you know mm. what I mean? It just adds to the sort of depth to the character. It makes the character yeah. feel right. You can do it, the things that you should be able to do easily. Mm. Re- yeah, really enhances the flavor quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, but it's got you can make traps, you can hunt, you can you know all sorts yeah. of different things. Yeah. yeah, I think that was another challenge around uh, sort of. Making sure that as we took away their spell power, right, that mm. that that mm-hmm. obviously impacted uh, in combat and out of combat capabilities of a ranger, that we still maintained their ability to produce those I would, not effects, but like that same feeling of mm. uh, uh, and, yeah. and power levels in combat, but also be effective out of combat in those cases where where it made the most sense for a ranger to 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 be able to do those things. Yeah, yeah. right. So. I'm having a look at the archetypes here. We've got three archetypes, mm-hmm. uh, and they are the Beastmaster, the Warden, and the Wildborn. Should we just quickly describe what each of those? We don't have to go into too much mm-hmm. detail, but the Beastmaster, sure. I imagine people know what that is. What right. do we do yeah. with the Beastmaster? Uh, so a lot of the complaint about the Beastmaster was that you had to use your action, or at least one of your actions, to allow your beast to take action. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. I wanted to get away from that a little bit. I wanted the the the, the beast to be a little bit more autonomous in a way, uh, but th- but to gain benefits from having this relationship with the ranger. Um, and so you'll see mm-hmm. as as the progression goes for this archetype or the subclass. The beast gains, you know, certain things uh, associated with h- how they interact and how they uh, how they can pair up as a companion with mm-hmm. with the ranger. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's that it re- was it. Really leans into the pet aspect and the animal side of things. Yep. Yeah, and uh, uh, kind yeah. of growing that beast uh, over time and allowing the ranger to kind of you could have a beast friend become your companion, right? Or you could have both. Mm. You could have a, a, sort of a pet that maybe is just a little hawk. Uh, but yeah, yeah. but also um, you know be able to to have that beast that's really your 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 traveling and battle companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, the Beastmaster in the original Five E, certainly I've, I've never played one myself. But people that have been in games that I've been played with have often felt it's it is slightly weak. Mm-hmm. I think. And uh, would you say we've corrected that? Have we fixed that? I, w- I would say so. I would say that of all the uh, uh, analysis done on, on the Beastmaster, I tried to directly address the chief complaints yeah. around that. That mm-hmm. that it was, like you said before, it's, it's like a narrow space where you could play, uh, you know, sort of uh, a, a viable 
Beastmaster and not just mm. uh, you mm. know a sub subpar Beastmaster that that relied on you know yeah. other yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the second the second one is the warden. What's the warden? Mm. The warden is. Let's see. I'd say the warden is the most like your archetypal, say Aragorn, Aragorn yeah. type yeah. of ranger. They they're familiar with riding, uh, you know, riding a, a mount. Uh, they're probably a part of some larger core of rangers, um, so that they probably train with with you know a core of rangers. Uh, they they serve a purpose. Uh, Warden mm. reflects you know the forest rangers in the, in say the U.S. Right? They're they're, yeah. they're out there protecting mm. the wilds and mm. and, and preserving mm. the wild. Right. Yeah. So that's their their role. I felt like these types of rangers had a connection. Possibly with sort of the, the 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 nobility of the land or whoever was ruling the land, they might mm-hmm. coordinate with, or maybe you know maybe they rise up against, right? Who knows the, that type of interaction? But um, they're familiar with with um, you know engaging with both the wild, but also interacting with s- some folks uh, in power. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to, just as Aragorn himself was actually of royal royalty and and in charge of a whole land, right? Yeah. He yeah. still was out there in the wild, and he still uh, kind of you know he had he played both roles in, yeah. in a way. Yeah. And then finally, we've got the Wildborn. Mm. Uh, so so even if the core of the Ranger of Level Up is Spellus, uh, I did want to uh, pay tribute to the actual magical nature of rangers in 5e and prior editions mm-hmm. and so this is uh your typical mm-hmm. third uh third caster right uh type of mm-hmm. uh subclass for for a martial class um similar to the arcane archer and the yeah. the trickster arcane trickster for rogue right um so mm-hmm. uh taking cues off of that they do get access to spells at third level uh and and kind of maintain that kind of spell progression and they're mm-hmm. they combine this uh, expertise and training level uh, wilderness expertise with sort of this in in a natural inborn sort of magical nature usage a spell usage yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. if you if you if you still want your spellcasting ranger, that's the way you'd go. Yeah. Uh, mm. So that's that's the ranger. And we could, yeah. you know, we could keep talking about it, but there's so much there, and we are running out of time. But you did want to touch mm. on a couple of other projects you're involved with, mm. yes? Uh, so quickly, there's there's uh, a project coming out. Uh, last last uh, year, I was a part of the Unbreakable uh, anthology, which was five mm. E anthologies based on Asian uh, uh, Asian mythologies and and yeah. stories. Um, it was an own voices project, meaning everyone involved had uh, some uh, level of Asian descent um, and heritage uh, personally. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a great experience for me. It's the first time that I was writing uh, sort of more from the heart, more from my personal experience, um, mm-hmm. brought into elements of, of you know, Filipino culture. And so when they, when they, um, when the Unbreakable team decided they will, we want to continue this project and, and uh, come up with additional anthologies, I jumped on, on, on the chance and uh, they accepted my pitch. I'm doing the uh, one-shot module for an uh, independent uh, RPG called Pariah, mm. and it's a very neat sort of OSR type system, uh, also developed by by an Asian uh, of the RPGC community, and uh, again brings to to bear some of the aspects of Filipino culture to the table with with my particular uh, adventure. 
mm-hmm. that should be coming out uh, either late this year or early next year. It's going to be called Pathways, Unbreakable Pathways. Uh, another project that I've been working on was in- introduced to uh, Mike Myler's uh, Mist of Akuma setting, uh, which is sort of that noir uh, East Asian uh, setting uh, s- s- with elements, some elements of steampunk, if you decide to, to add that in there. Um, so it's really a, a, a neat, interesting setting, uh, something that I, I feel attuned with as well. And um, I'm writing a, a module uh, for for that setting as well. And then the third project that I'm really excited about, but it's still kind of like in the works and not real sure what to do and how to do. And it's my first sort of foray uh, into self-publishing, sort of my own stuff, my own game. And uh, so it's exciting, but it's scary and it's like nerve wracking. Um, I've I've put together a, a game engine for a game system for a game I'm calling tentatively kyber Trion legacy mm. and it's it, oh yeah it's, sorry cybertron legacy yeah inspired yes as you as you've noted inspired, there, uh, yeah. inspired by uh, hasbro's transformers i'm a, a big yeah. fan <laughs> of the toys and the and and the cartoons and and some of their recent reboots uh you know uh, i watched on uh recently on netflix or whatever so it's your rpg and robots in disguise yes Yes, yeah. big, 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 big robots, uh, big robot energy stuff. that uh, converts really themselves good idea. into vehicles. Wow, God, nobody's come up with that before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a little research. There are some little little games out there, um, but mm. I'm hoping that the system that I put together for this, it, yeah. it, it kind of the way I describe it is that it's the blurb on the back cover is uh, f- fast, fun RPG with an '80s Saturday morning cartoon retro feel to it. So it, 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 the the way that the I'm using a, a dice pool um, mm-hmm. concept, mm-hmm. but it's a polyhedral dice pool. So what that okay. does to the mechanics, you know, w- with the, with the engine, uh, it makes it very swingy in a way. Mm-hmm. But it also mm-hmm. makes it sort of if you're good at something, you're probably pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, if you're not so good at something, you might ha- you might get lucky and 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 win out on it. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets it it gets into that you know, feeling of maybe Ratchet is really good at medicine, right? For robots, mm-hmm. right? He's the one that you go to to be the medic and he fixes yeah. people. Or or Soundwave, right? He's he's gonna, you know, be very good at detecting things or listening in on mm. things and, and things mm. like that. So Quite a good spy. it, it yeah, kind yeah. of focuses yeah. your character in a certain way um and, mm. and makes it like simple in in, in that mm. sense. But uh, there's still a lot of wiggle room for you to to kind of play around with yeah. your concept and but, so the space for different trap different uh, big robots in disguise to have um, uh, sort of shticks. Yes, but yeah, yeah, there's still a fair amount of space that they can do stuff in. And they exactly, can... exactly, right, right. Yeah. right. So you give them. It, it, it simplifies the character concept process because I don't really give classes. Mm. I just give mm. uh, stats. And they they develop yeah. their class on their own uh, based on their 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 one uh, mm. biggest stat. Yeah. I, what's, the, what's the sort of time scale for this one? Is it started? Is it? I, yeah, oh. I've I've got the the you know a, tw- a twenty page zine put mm. together. 
Um, I've printed, Mm -hmm. you know, at my local copy shop, Staples or whatever, just to kind of have it in hand and see it. I gave them away to my brothers, so I can't show them to you today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, I'm going through a couple of different revisions. I I, I mean, I'd Mm -hmm. love to get it out before the end of the year, uh, Mm -hmm. just to to, Mm -hmm. to even even if it's, you know, just, hey, you know, pay what you want or or give me a tip on uh, itch uh, or whatever have you, just to see Mm -hmm. what the appetite is and what it looks like and and to, to, to see if there's, there's you know, something that I want to pursue further than that. Yeah. So, so whereabouts should people go if they want to, like, you know, sign up for your mailing list? Yes. To find so out more about this. I mentioned it. Uh, about, you about this game of transforming robots. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, VSR Inc. That's uh, yeah. uh, V-S-R dot I-N-K, actually, um, mm-hmm. uh, as as uh, my writing site. And I think I... Mm-hmm. I I will be posting a blog by the time this uh, podcast comes out. There'll be a blog about uh, Kyber Trion Legacy on there with a, with a way to sign up for uh, for a mailing list and more information. I'm hoping to put in sort of a no frills, bare bones version of it as you sign up. You get it. You get access to that. Um, no, that's nice. But, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to try to get through today so that you guys yeah. release yeah. this tomorrow. <laughs> I've got to tell you, write, writing your own system, when yes. you're mm. – it's, it's, it's kind of, for me personally, it's different to putting out an adventure or a yes. supplement mm. or something else. Putting out your own system and then hearing about people playing it is <sighs> probably the most amazing – possible feeling you can get as a creator i think i, I can't wait for that i mean i, I play with my i played it uh play tested with my kids uh, mm. they're of an age now where they can kind of get into it and have fun with it and they were like yes this is so cool okay, yeah. even that little oh. response from you know people that i just know personally yeah you know it was it was really great so to to actually find this thing in the wild and have people hear people talk about it i can't imagine mm. what that would feel like yeah especially yeah. even better is when someone starts streaming it that's just amazing <laughs> <laughs> you immediately become their biggest fan and watch every single episode. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that. Um, we do have to wind yeah. up now. All right. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I'm you so much. I'm going to get Peter, uh, Peter Cullen to, to voice over for me <laughs> 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 on my Kickstarter video. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, um, how is your best uh, Optimus Prime voice? Can you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I am Optimus Prime. Roll out. Yeah. That's about the best I've got, yeah. It's rubbish. Transform yeah. and roll out. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, it. Look forward it's to been it. a real yeah. pleasure. All right. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Sort of um, 
East of England vibes. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, a bit like the Ghost of Salt Marsh, but even even like, marshier, like Croydon or something like that. No, <laughs> yeah, that's south of London. It's yeah. East of England. <laughs> Only someone in Southampton would describe the south of London if as you East look of England. At a map of England and look at Croydon. It is on the right hand side of the map. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's not Cornwall, is it? <laughs> Which is on the left. Or, as some might describe it, the West. 